You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Everybody, welcome to Impact Theory. You're here, my friends, because you believe that human potential is nearly limitless, but you know that having potential is not the same as actually doing something with it. So our goal with this show and company is to introduce you to the people and ideas that will help you actually execute on your dreams. All right, today's guest is an entrepreneur and media superstar who managed to turn a career as a professional skateboarder into a multi-million dollar empire that spans real estate, shoes, food, alcohol, entertainment, and several other verticals. Not bad for a kid who dropped out of high school at the age of 16, moved west for the promise of a thousand bucks a month, and spent most nights drinking and smoking weed until at 24, his sponsors thanked him for his service and told him that they believed that the best years of his life were behind him. Instead of that shutting him down, however, this wake-up call lit a fire under his ass and he promised before his contract expired, he'd be an entirely different person. And despite people's doubts, he put his head down and got to work swearing that he'd never get complacent again. And over the next two years, he completely transformed himself, mind and body, and the resulting career is the kind of thing that people make movies about. He's designed his own shoe dozens of times over, launched the world's first true professional skateboarding league, and a first-of-its-kind skateboarding channel. He's made toys that were sold in Walmart, helped build multiple luxury brands, created a production company that's made hit shows for MTV, Nickelodeon, and CMT, His shows Robin Big, Fantasy Factory, Ridiculousness, and Amazingness have not only made him a household name, they've essentially made him the modern face of the entire MTV network. He's been attacked by a shark and a tiger, kissed a bear on the lips, and set the record for longest backwards car jump all on purpose. He's also set 21 separate Guinness Book of World Records for skateboarding and actually flipped a car as a part of a Super Bowl commercial without the aid of CGI. His diverse and staggering success is hard to comprehend, but it's all the result of intention and discipline. So please, help me in welcoming the founder and CEO of the full-service venture studio, Deerdeck Machine, Rob Deerdeck. Man, look, 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 man, listen to me. Half of why I wanted to come here was for how epic the intro was. <laughs> and I really thought to myself, like, man, he's gonna give me like a, a really cool intro. I'm gonna be psyched. I can't wait to say it. I love that about the show. And it was literally a thousand times better than I even expected. So wow. thank you, man, thank you. Thank you, dude. So this, literally, the show is about bringing on people that inspire me. Um, so writing the intro while the longest part of the process probably is it is that moment where I really like get to capture what it is that made me want to bring the person on. So what you've done is, is pure insanity. My wife and I have spent many, many, many an hour watching Fantasy Factory. And actually when I left Quest and I finally had the money to do whatever I wanted, we originally were, instead of building it in the house, we were going to get like this crazy thing. And we said, all right, code name Fantasy Factory. Like, what do we turn this into? Um, so that that is still something that I would love Should to do. Should have done it, man. I just feel like your version of a fantasy factory would be incredible, you know. It would be a lot of fun. And, and you gotta think like I move at such a pace that even hearing so much of that stuff, I just forget. I I forget about the depth of a lot of the things that I've done uh, throughout the time because I almost only have memory in like three year chunks at a time. 
uh, from doing so much different stuff. And when I hear about the idea of flipping cars and breaking world records, jumping cars backwards and getting attacked by sharks and tigers, it just makes me feel so warm inside, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a highlight reel, like nobody's highlight reel that can never be taken away, you know? It's, it's the joys of what something like Fantasy Factory allowed me to achieve, not only... Uh, from a business and media standpoint, but really from these bizarre highlights of doing all this fun, exciting stuff. It, so there's a couple things in there that I want to talk about. One, Danny Way, but we'll come back to that. And then two, that n- memory, right? So you're in the water. You just got attacked by the shark on purpose. Mm-hmm. Swim back up to the top in what I imagine is sort of an adrenaline rush, but you stop yourself. Mm-hmm. Force yourself to really stop and and take it in. Why do you do that? I just knew at that point uh, that I would never be diving most likely ever again. I would never be around 50 sharks ever again. And it was just this moment of clarity that was just like, wow, whatever happens for the rest of your life, look at this. You just allowed an eight-foot shark to bite you and attack your arm, and it worked. You know what I mean? It's like before I got in the water, it was like, this is so dumb. Like, why would I even want to do this? I'm going to lose function over this arm for this television show. And at the time, you know, they were saying they didn't like any of the cuts and weren't going to air it. Right. And so it was even that much more stressful of like, I'm going down to get attacked by a shark all for nothing. Right. It was sort of the intent of it. And and I think that moment of clarity just allowed me to to soak in a moment uh, that I didn't want to forget ever again, you know, and, and I think from time to time on really, really big moments, I, I'm able to really settle down into the present so, so deeply that it becomes ingrained forever, right, versus where I'm so used to being surface level, like moving at a, at 100 miles an hour, achieving uh, vision and goals as opposed to settling into moments from time to time that are super important i.e. having my first child when I uh, got married I was able to just sink into it so deeply that every single moment of getting married is so vivid to me you know and and I think it's luck that I did it in certain times other times it was the type of moments that you don't ever want to forget and you have to purposefully put yourself there in a deep level to remember and otherwise you're just getting through it and do you say in those moments like really just slow down stop look at it like how do you make sure that this is one you're going to hold on to yeah i literally like stop myself and talk to myself like just there's you know i would almost consider it a level of presence i think people probably find in meditation right where you just just ground you get grounded much more you know and i just purposely ground myself with the intent of remembering it, which basically subconsciously like hits record almost, right? It's, it's, a, it's a different sort of level, and, and I just don't think you can do it without doing it purposefully, you know? So you and I um, share a, a sort of weird memory trait, which is I've always looked at it as I live in these 10-year chunks, and I have like this sort of 10-year phase that I remember pretty um, intensely, but even that, it it sort of dies off so that the 10th year I remember a lot less than year number one. And at first, it really bothered me because I would forget a lot of cool shit. And then I realized this is actually really beneficial because the things that I see other people hold on to, I don't hold on to them just because they they dissipate so rapidly in my memory. Do do you cultivate the, the like, this is one I, I want to lose as much as you cultivate this is one I want to hold on to? 
I don't think so, but I, I call my lack of memory the gift and the curse, right? It can come back and jam me up where I wish I re- would have retained certain things and, and turned them into habit, if you will. Uh, but God, it's a beautiful curse. I mean, I live without failure, you know what I mean? Like, I live without uh, regret, without pain, without any of the stuff like behind of all the stuff that I went through. It, 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 it bleeds away so, so easily for me, you know, so I, I don't do it purposefully. And, you know, certain things may trigger more uh, painful stuff as they're fresher, but eventually uh, I don't remember any of it. But it also forces me now to stuff that I really want to retain, and especially turn to habit, which I think is probably the most difficult transition of, of experience of how do you take something good or bad that you've experienced and then apply the lesson from it and now in a consistent way I think again uh, for that aspect you have to like like recognize it identify it and then begin to use it with intent you know what I mean in order to have it sink in going back to the other thing I want to talk about from that Danny Way so for those that don't know Danny Way's skateboarder amazing skateboarder jumped the Great Wall of China which you were there for uh, that was pretty crazy. That whole documentary was mind blowing. Yeah. Um, but you've you've talked really eloquently about the fact that like he doesn't have uh, a fear like ability to really recognize fear. Yeah. Talk to me yeah, about that, I, and then I want to hear how it because to me, like the way you feel about Danny Way, I feel about you, just from yeah. a skateboarding shark attack perspective. Yeah. So no, I was scared. <laughs> you know what I mean, and it was like I look at that as look. Here's the delineation between me and him where I need to add up all of these things to fight through the fear, right? I need to have all these stakes connected to it. Like I was, you know, getting attacked, launching my toy line in Walmart, doing a television program for Walmart, uh, and launching this brand new season, brand new show to follow Robin Big, right? It was like the stakes and the calculation and the, that's what drove me to that level to be able to, to execute and, uh, where I feel like he's just really doing it out of like the passion for the ac- accomplishing it. That's really interesting. And, and I'll be really interested to see how that plays out in other areas of his life. Like if he's able to bring that, that play and innovation, which so one thing that you've described as being somewhat unique to skateboarding, but it seems like you're doing as an entrepreneur is skateboarding allows this progression, right? You learn one thing, it stacks. You learn the next, it stacks on that until you're doing you know, crazy tricks like Danny. Um, do you see that as having correlates in entrepreneurism and, and what is that notion of progression? Like how, how can people understand that and internalize it in their own life? I believe progression is the key to happiness, right? It's that uh, expansion of the universe and ultimate evolution and, and when you equate it to skateboarding, you learn to ollie, you learn to kickflip, you learn to grind, you learn to kickflip to grind, right? Like you learn to kickflip the backside smith, you learn to kickflip the backside smith, the kickflip out, right? Like it's these levels and you can only uh, evolve and progress and become elite if you understand and learn the foundational steps along the way to put all of what you could consider experience together to do something really incredible. And I, and I think a lot of people don't understand 
when it comes to entrepreneurialism, there's sort of these key elements um, that you have to understand from a foundational perspective in order to find success, you know, what, you know, which is ultimately uh, creating a brand, understanding how to operationalize it and understanding the financial implications of how you do both those things. Right. I, I think so many different times in the world of entrepreneurialism, especially this day and age, it's idea driven. Right. As opposed to. Uh, the battles won or lost and how it's operationalized and then ultimately the unit economics behind the idea, right? I think that's one of the biggest things that's overlooked in the space, especially this day and age of so many people having an idea that they think can be a successful business and wrapping some sort of uh, service or need or disruption around that idea without clearly understanding how to evolve that into an operationalized business that makes money. It's a huge gap, you know. And has your career followed that kind of trajectory where you feel like, okay, in the early days I learned this and then that helped me understand this. And then now at this phase in my career where you've talked about you're going into to the forever part of your career, right? Both with your house and with um, sort of post Tony Robbins, which we'll talk about because I was so fascinated to, to see your response to him, which is exactly my response to him. Um, so is, is, that, is that how you're conceptualizing it now? Like, okay, hey, I've learned all this stuff and it's going to allow me to efficiently run the Deer Deck machine. Yeah, I, I, I think I stopped and self-evaluated uh, four years ago, right? Where I, I just evaluated everything, right? Like what worked, what didn't, and then what do you have left to learn? And I hired a group of consultants to basically dissect how to build flawless businesses. And then along that way, by basically spending almost a year developing the system of the Deer Deck machine, it was really like going to college from the operational and financial side, right? Because I already had a deep brand mind. What, what that process allowed me to do is basically systematize it in a way that I uh, could now look deeper into a brand and how to simply put the pieces together to put a soul into that brand. Uh, I had to learn the depth of operationalizing a business uh, because I didn't live on the operational side and I don't like it, right? Just don't like it. And from the financial perspective, I just never got deep into it. I always had somebody handle it for me. And it required spending years of learning uh, brand mastery through my lens, operational uh, mastery through my lens, then financial mastery through my lens, that I could then create a theory by which I approached venture capital, right? And, and inside that, I learned that uh, the type of individual I need to do the business with, uh, the clear path to sustainability I need to see inside a revenue model that's tactical and believable, um, and then ultimately, from an operational side, is it doable and uh, can you scale without the operational side needing to scale along with it? I, I think these, these now become these sort of cornerstones that I triangulate opportunity off of before I then look at it. Is it disruptive? Is it, is it solving a need? Is it being reinvented in the right way by the right individual? And then... then can I have a big enough stake that will interest me, right? Because what I realized quickly is I'm not an investor. I, don't, I have no, I, if I don't own a significant stake of a business and, and when it raises 10 million or raises 6 million or, uh, you know, does 4 million in profit, that I'm 
getting liquid and from profitable companies and seeing a clear path to liquidity with every business that I create from a potential exit uh, strategy, that's significant to always keep me excited, right? I, I think that's sort of uh, the blend that I had to fully understand within myself uh, and what my personal mastery is, right, of, of wanting to uh, you know, where the most joy I get is creating brands, you know, whether it's in media, whether it's a alcohol brand, a vitamin brand, a, a nutritional brand, right? Whatever it may be, it's that incubation side and creative side that I am so excited about, but it's only fun if it goes like this, mm. right? It's like the business that you, you stumble out the gate and then you're like, you're in no man's land. And then it's like, when do we let go of it? Like even the emotional side, I had to learn to, if my passion is creating successful, sustainable businesses, you also have to uh, detach yourself from being emotionally invested to everything that you do uh, and analytically decide, uh, did you achieve what you intended out of it? And when is it time to, is the ROI on your energy uh, just not worth it any longer, right? And I, and I just think that all of those things are need to be systematized based off of your own personal needs, your own personal mastery, your own personal chase of energy. And that's really what I did over those years, you know. So, because I think a lot of people struggle with getting clarity on what they really want, who they really want to become, what their like idealized world look like. Yeah. Um, I know that you felt like I had tried all this stuff and some succeed and some fail and I was sort of all over the map. And so what I had to do was really get clarity. What, what was the process of getting that clarity. You have to seek it. You have to seek like life mastery. You're like, your first thing is like, what is your entire life look like, right? It's very difficult. And I don't, I think younger people struggle with trying to like look at forever and trying to design a life. And then now evaluating every single opportunity based off of how it fits into that core master plan. And, and I think as I, uh, began to unwind and systematize the way I looked at brands, I at the same time began to look at my life the same way. And, and I read a book at the beginning of this whole process called Start at the End, right? And it, it was the idea of uh, you must decide ahead of time what your intent is for this business that you're going to build. Do you want it to be a $5 million business with 50% gross margin that you take home a million dollars a year from, and it does three million in sales, five million in sales. Like, do you want to build it and sell it? Is it your passion to run forever? Like every business that I uh, am invested in right now, everybody, every single one of the CEOs and founders all have a clear path and end in mind. I demanded or else I don't, I don't have any interest. Right. And I, I think I applied that same sort of mentality after discovering it in the business world of like, well, why would you not look at your life like that and then build your life backwards? And then it just opened up this insane level of deep clarity because then you start thinking about time and energy and, okay, how do you systematize your life to stay balanced and, and what I like to call just living in the energy, right? And Because the reality of it is, is there are so many different things in life that suck the soul right out of you and you have to learn to basically... Uh, build a life with very few of those and so few even when you you get hit by one every now and then that it just simply doesn't stay because there's so few things taking energy but giving you energy because at the end it's energy and for so many people it's different 
it, unfortunately for me, it's I want to live in a 20,000 square foot house and um, that has endless views and is super modern and is $750 a square foot to build and like some incredible lot and have five children and live a fully balanced, amazing life and, and fly private everywhere and be able to build companies nonstop for the rest of my life. Like my needs as an individual from a material side, I didn't try to deny Right, I didn't. I didn't build with the intent of, oh, let me get to this level and then I'll change my life right. plan. Like it was, it was build a life plan from both material energy and where you would like to spend your time, and then now look at opportunity and chase down everything you do to fill that thing in. You know, and it's the depth of clarity is the greatest form of peace and happiness because you you begin to now optimize your clear goal. And when you say clarity, do you mean clarity of what I want? Clarity of the, the path? What's the clarity? I would say both. Not only of you, what you want, but the path. And then as you begin to optimize it, it becomes so much more believable. Right. And as you, you know, there's no part of like I, on my dream board, it's it's my company's logo. And then all the companies I'm starting with acquisition, liquidity, like all the different things. Then it's actual renderings of the house that I want to build. It's like every month I look at my entire net worth on a on a on a, a net worth and a cash basis versus every single holding and how much the ROI is at this point. And my total expenses versus all of that fully connected, then connected to those expenses to then what my tax deferred uh, dividend is with a fully blended uh, tax liability. Mm. Just gives you clarity. You know, there's just no aspects. You make no moves in life. There's not one thing that I don't do um, that's not serving sort of the purpose of my progression towards that. So I want to talk about transformation. Like, it's incredible to hear you talk now and to even compare it to say five or six years ago was very different. And the, the transformation that you went through at 24 when they said, okay, basically we're going to give you a two year contract as a thank you. This is DC, right? Mm-hmm. Two year contract as a thank you. Um, but we think the best years are behind you, which is crazy. Did they actually say that? Yeah. Man. That is amazing. Stay, man. So Still what stings, <laughs> what was that moment like? So obviously it sucked. And then, why didn't you crumble and what did you do? I, I, look, I, I'm, I've always been driven, right? And, and I think it, at, at that particular time, it was I, was, I just wasn't getting enough out of being a pro skateboarder. Uh, you know, I was starting all these random companies and doing all this different stuff and, and uh, working on building the skate plazas and street league and what that could be. Had a hip hop record label and skate shops and just all these different companies that I was building. But, but I still felt generally at that age lost, right? And that led to a lot of partying, which then led to like uh, just eating terribly and just being genuinely lazy. Mm-hmm. And where it affects you the most is being an athlete. Right. So now you're not executing at your core business. And that lens that he was putting on me was like, you should just come work at D.C. Just design shoes. You're so good at designing shoes and you're so creative. And like you should just, you know, will you be satisfied with an Audi 
uh, A4 and buying a condo. It was like, you made it, you know what I mean? You own a condo and you got an Audi A4, you know? And, and I was like, no, no, no. And I, and, and I said, I promise you, in, in two years from now, I'll be a completely different person. And it, I don't, I'm not even going to say it. I'm just going to, to prove it, you know? And, and that was, you know, truly all the fire that I needed to like, you know, uh, get kick-started on, on you need to take control of uh, what your opportunity is and make sure that you focus on, on skateboarding as it will allow you to maximize all of your other ambitions long-term. You know? When it comes to platforms that will help you run a business, there is no shortage of options on the market. But if you want to use the best, most advanced, and most efficient platform out there, you need to be using Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. With award-winning customer service, the internet's highest converting checkout page, and a suite of integrated AI tools, Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy to start, run, and grow a business. Shopify powers more than 10% of all U.S. e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly use Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash impact right now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash impact. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you want to have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100 
thousand miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And so then what's that process? You put your head down, you get to work. Um, but I know that you reached out to a hypnotherapist was like yeah. step one. Yeah. So what was the thinking? Why hypnotherapist? What they help you do? I think at the time, like in theory, um, I was beginning to to focus and skate a ton and I was skating in contest, right? So I sought out a hypnotherapist that had worked with Phil Mickelson to win a major in pro golf, right? And so... Uh, the idea was that I was just going to go in there to uh, help make me uh, more consistent under pressure, right, based off of that. But he had written a book called Hyper Success, the great Dr. George Pratt. And he was like, look, can we test first if you believe, like, uh, subconsciously that you're meant to have great success? And I was like, oh, of course, yeah, let's get to the root of this. And what, what is your belief about belief? Is it important? Is it a starting point? It is the only thing that matters. It is literally the only thing that matters. Because your experience, how you build something, what you learn, whatever it is, anything that you achieve, it is literally only based off of how much you believe it's going to happen. Goals and all this stuff, all it is is breaking it down into micro actions for you to understand it and believe it, right? And, And I think... You know, there's two levels of it, right? It's it's why I love from a business side having tactical revenue models that show you step by step, we can grow this many units by this many months and this many doors over this much time. That's believable to execute. Um, that's why goal setting in a specific way means so much, right? But at a 30,000 foot level, uh, you know, from a mentality standpoint, that unwavering self-belief is what I look for in people I partner with because that uh, allows you to micro-fail and take big losses and t- take them as lessons and just move and chase down and constantly be doing micro-pivoting to achieve your bigger vision or your big goal, right? Because at the end of the day, it's only people that lose belief that quit. And belief gives you so much energy and again why when you begin to tie all these things together especially from goals and planning aspect uh, it's easy to weather storms when you you understand okay I've got to move around to get to the next pillar of this goal uh, rather than thinking like none of this is going to work type of mentality you know but it is it is it is the hardest thing to teach, right? I think it only comes with, I had so much success so early on um, and all of my big risks that um, when they didn't work out, other big risks worked out behind it. There was this layering behind it that created such a deep self-belief that 
you have incredible patience. You have, you have a deep understanding of, of who you are personally and what your bigger goal is and what you're setting out to achieve that you may not be able to articulate or make others fully understand, right? And, and I think um, it is what I seek the most in everybody that I do business with, right? That at least one person whose mind and eyes and soul is behind this idea that has that that deep unwavering belief because that's what it takes to truly find success, you know. I love that. You call them do or dyers. Yeah. So other than belief, what are what is a do or dyer? I tried to identify it of sort of the core values of individuals that are like me, right? And and one it starts with being passionately compelled, right? Where you're not your fire comes from uh, the desire that you have to realize the passion. You're more compelled to execute it. You're not proving someone wrong or looking for some sort of material aspect of it. It's really more who you are as an individual. I think you, you have to know what you're great at and know what you're not great at in order to assess and put the right people to help you achieve anything that you want to achieve on on any level right uh, so honestly in the sense that you're being realistic about i suck at this right. but also i'm really good at this right it's okay to be uh, very self-aware at how good you are at something but it's as long as you know the, the great super driven people tend to believe they can be great they they would be great at everything if they just spent the time learning it or knowing it, right? And, and I think there's, it's the self-awareness idea of like, you know what you're really great at and you have the ability to find uh, people like you in, in identifying to fill the gaps that you don't have, you know? How do people get self-aware like that though? I think it's a certain type of person that can even get there, right? Like if you're not someone that's, trying to evolve and grow and, and have sort of that idea of wanting to progress and become a better version of yourself and, and beginning to like self-analyze in a positive way, I don't know if you can. I, I think if you're profoundly grounded, you're, you, you just, um, you don't like float away with the highs and you don't get broken by, by the lows, you know? And, and I think you understand uh, that it's all part of the process and uh, it allows you to be what I like to just call a, a good person. You know, at the end of the day, you just want like good people to do business with. And when you win and do stuff and meet, you just want like you just want good people, you know. And, and, I, and I think that's kind of what that core value for me on on uh, what it was on why, you know, at the time when I was really dissecting, like, let, let me understand the individuals, who I am and then who I want to partner with. People don't talk often enough about when creating a business, it is, there are thousands of layers, man, thousands of layers that on a daily basis, you are making all these micro decisions and choices that, that a lot of times have to be generated off a of gut and feeling by the direction of it kind of being off to you, right? And, and, there isn't as simple as you can make a perfect plan, but you still have to be uh, relentlessly evolving inside that, that entire thing. And I, and I think someone that constantly is looking at how to optimize stuff has that sort of mentality. And, and the final one to me is like relentlessly consistent, right? It is like you're just, this is who you are and how you are. 
consistency is the only pathway to greatness and ultimately it's the only pathway to trust you know when you're doing stuff with other individuals and other human beings and people like you you build trust through the dependence of how consistent you are in a and a human being on all levels right so when i identify that it's uh, strictly for other people that I'm going to be in business with to be like, this is how deeply I've thought about the type of person that I am. And I believe you're this type of person uh, and why and what makes me make that decision uh, to do this deal together to execute this. So I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, okay, I, w- I want to know that I can become this if I'm not this already. And one of the things that I know that you've talked about being really powerful is habits. So how can people... Um, put habits into place in their own lives that'll help them get closer to that and then what are those habits? The habits are different for different people depending on the stage and depending on what you do. But I'm, I'm big on systems. I, I, I just think like if you don't have deep structure and systems uh, and you create some sort of quantifiable accountability for what you uh, want to evolve into a habit, uh, so you are you saying you would create a metric for a habit itself? Depending on what it is, right? Like when it's sleep structure and getting up at five and and uh, getting in the sauna, having uh, connected to that, having a uh, a diet that includes your shake and your meals and and every last thing that you would do that optimizes you and makes you the best person. It's it's tracking all of that. Uh, has something for you to answer to, uh, but then ultimately helps turn all this stuff into things you don't have to think about anymore. You know, and even for me, like I, rather than like hope that I find balance, I, I have deeply structured balance. You know, in, in the sense of how I run my days and how I run meetings and time around that, how I uh, schedule the time and systematize time with both my wife and children and 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 free thinking and all of these different aspects of what I need. And then I live free inside that structure, right? And, and to me, the less you have to think about, the better things you can turn to habit, right? And, and habits just aren't like, oh, I want to start doing this. How do I do it? Like, it's, it has to be like done for a while, fail, done for a while, then like it has to be in, in, And literally, you know, that's why I love the book, The One Thing, is like, if God, if you can identify just one thing at a time that you want to rip through uh, and and do it so much that you just don't have to think about it again. And I think someone that's naturally optimizing in life and getting better and better, you end up turning all this stuff that you had to force into habit that's just now a part of how you live. You know, I I think even, you know, for two years I, I would get up and every day I would rate how motivated I was zero to 10. And uh, where it became so profoundly effective for me is what I realized is anytime I was under five, I would look at the world half empty, right? So in, in those like uh, mindsets, you pick apart every decision. You just hate every, like you just literally like everything annoys you, right? And anything above that, like you could take with a grain of salt regardless of what happens and by just doing that exercise it made me be able to identify the things that were 
sucking the energy out of me and driving me below. And I was able to slowly evolve those out of my life uh, to where eventually I just don't ever wake up under a five. I just don't, right? Because and of the way you've constructed your life. The way I've constructed my existence, right? All the way down to how I live and everything. And, and that sort of clarity that I spoke about and, and understanding was a major part of that, right? That led to um, understanding and identifying like like all these things that that took energy and mind share from me that brought me down there. And again, it was the process of self-evaluating and learning and developing that life plan and business plan, all that stuff in the same sort of timing and framework added to this entire collective life existence, if you will, um, that's built around what you get energy from, right? But but all of that required understanding it and having quantifiable data, uh, even if you're uh, qualitatively attaining the data, it's still the number that you get to eventually be like, I shouldn't even collect this anymore, right? At one point, I was also doing calories, and then I would also, I had these incredible charts where I would track how many hours I worked, how much I spent on my health, and then how much I... Uh, slept and then did regular activity. So I had this incredible data and I was trying to correlate that motivational number each morning. And I would then at the end of every day, I would do qualitative zero to 10 on how I felt about work, health and life. Right. And all that did was make it incredibly clear that there's like a handful of things that you need to systematize and turn to structure and get clarity on and you wipe away ever even needing to to chase this data. Uh, It's just a little bit of discipline and some clarity in a couple key aspects and you can be free from from even needing to go this deep. So, well, can you give an example? Because I actually find it really interesting and I really hope people at home are listening that you are generating the data. So it'll be interesting to see how you've moved past that, but you're generating these data points, you're dropping it into Google Calendar, if I remember right, your system turns it into these Google Docs, and you can actually like graph out where I'm feeling low, where I'm feeling high, okay, I make this adjustment, you're correlating your arcs with um, where you're at in life and what you're accomplishing. Like that level of specificity, by the way, gets lost in your persona, because yeah. your persona, of course, is like the over I'm the top, but, right? Exactly. Out here partying. <laughs> and so, talking to drama, it was like he was like, "No, no, no, motherfucker!" Like this guy works, yeah. and I, obviously, with what how successful you've been, that wasn't surprising at all. But it's like I, I, I think people will lose that very, very enlightening message, which is when what worked for me was massive amount of clarity, plan data point even like i love the way you threw it out just like oh even if you're getting it qualitatively you can still get like these data points i thought jesus this is like actually really fucking brilliant if people are actually listening to what you're saying we're sure it's a qualitative point but now i have an objective data point and so i can begin to build this map of am i going where i want to go and hearing that level of detail then it becomes clear how you've been able to achieve everything that you've been able to achieve. And I heard one time about Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon. Somebody was like, oh, can you like, do an interview or something? He's like, I'm trying to optimize my toothbrushing routine. I don't have time for that, right? Like, he's, he's trying to eke every like, grain of opportunity out of every second that he has. Yeah. And I feel that in your system as well. So now tell me, what are the things I can structure to not need those data points? 
I, and look, I, I, I would, let me, let me say this to that. It's why I don't do press or interviews or very often. And why, why even coming here? Like, you know, the only, the only people that I've even spoke to uh, in press, you know, outside of having to promote amazingness for like one day, that's the most I would do. Uh, even though they've just given you another television show <laughs> on MTV. I like to have these conversations from, from time to time um, as just another layer of like, hey, this is actually how I think, you know what I mean? Before, uh, you know, it's the future of how I will talk, you know, from, from a, a long-term perspective. But uh, needing to share it uh, outside of just opportunities like this are all that I really seek. Because at the end of the day, I love saying no to everything because it's also, you know, I live right here. My office is at the bottom of the hill. Um, you know, I've even optimized my existence of not even getting on freeways in Los Angeles, you know, and, and make everybody come to me. You know what I mean? It's the uh, reality of, of when you are seeking this level of clarity and, and purpose and, and energy, uh, you really love to optimize any and everything about your life because you just, you're happy. You're so much more happy. So, um, how do you do it? What leads to it? And how can someone apply it? Uh, what I'm trying to, to say about it is even though those data points were uh, helpful for me to create a quantitative foundation uh, based off of qualitative data, I couldn't triangulate much when I looked at, oh, you slept here. Oh, you overate here. What it, what it actually ended up being was how much clarity I had on my long-term financial planning, how much clarity I had on how I wanted to live in my businesses and what I wanted to invest in, how much uh, balance I had with my social time and my wife, right? It's all of these, these deeper levels and different aspects of time and energy actually became the, the tentacles that fed back into that data. And those are moving mountains, Right, Those are relationships and friends and family and different things that you've got to begin to adjust uh, that you know were affecting uh, yourself. And it, it includes um, getting rid of a ton of things. You know what I mean? Like There were, there were a ton of, of, of businesses and other opportunities that I had years in time in that, I, that it became very clear that, nope, you just got to get rid of it. It doesn't matter what type of L you take. It doesn't matter what it is. You need to uh, rid these based off of the energy that they're draining from you. It's total sense, man. And, and your obsessive return to clarity, I think is, is exactly why you're able to execute at the level that you're able to execute. Um, talk to me about Tony Robbins, like doing the research on you. I was really blown away by how you talk about Tony and did you read money master the game first or did you meet him first? So he had reached, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't really, like study anything i'd never been to like one of the seminars never even knew much about him right i think like the mythical side of kind of who he right. was uh i i would say that sort of prejudged side of like what you think he uh, was up until maybe the last couple of years when money in the documentary and all the different stuff where you really understand like god he's like a real master and he had reached out to me he asked to meet with the intent of sharing with me Money Master the Game and um, promoting it to this millennial audience that I uh, reached through my platforms, right? And 
I just thought it exciting. What I didn't intend is is for how eye-opening Money Master the Game was for me. And it was the instantaneous sort of moment that I realized that I did not even understand money. Never thought to understand it. But inside that book, it also talks about not approaching it as money, but what does money mean to your life and your existence of your wants and your needs and sort of your core uh, needs as an individual. And that was another major piece of like, no, you've got to seek clarity here and you've got to begin to understand like, why are you doing all this? And if if you're doing all this, where is this all leading to? Uh, because I used to say that I... Um, you know, I would be doing a, a, a thousand different things in a thousand different directions, right? And it, you kind of end up standing so many different things that you almost stand for nothing type of thing. And, and that even same sort of mentality now is uh, on, a, on a micro level. And that meeting with him and reading that book literally like unlocked... Um, the beginning of building this entire life plan and looking at, stop looking at uh, the idea of you have a life and you have business. That meeting with him like drove me into like start looking at everything holistically and truly changed my life forever. Yeah, it's amazing. Tony's had a huge impact on my life as well and kind of in a similar vein um, of you know, not having spent, I went to one day of one of his seminars and, and admittedly I was blown away by how for like 14 hours or something they can get yeah. you to Did you, like you be there awake. for the whole 14? I was there for you. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. So I've always said I would walk across fire for my wife. Not ever thinking one day I will actually have to like do something about it, right? <laughs> so then they say, oh, he invites me to the thing because he'd come on the show. And comes on the show, he's like, hey, we're going to be doing this event, you should come as be my guest. And I was like, oh my God, Like, I'm not going to pass up being Tony Robbins' guest. So I go to the event, it, it culminates with a firewalk. So literally, like walking up to it, I was like, there's no universe in which I don't walk across these fucking coals. My thing is, what it gave me was a sense of importance. There were stakes. And so now I could say, like with certainty, I would walk across fire for my wife. Because I actually did it. And the only reason that I didn't stop myself saying, this doesn't make any sense, like why am I doing this, was because I said that I would do it for her. Is there anything more beautiful than love? You know what I mean? Because I, I think at the core of, of even my clarity is that I have great love. Mm. You know, it's like I truly uh, am married to my soulmate and the person that I was destined uh, to build a life and family with. And, and I really just don't believe without that peace uh, that I would even, even come close to achieving uh, this level of clarity and purpose either, right? It, it's, it's that one great X factor uh, that I had to prepare myself for in the sense that I I took a step towards changing who I was as an individual and building a life that would fit uh, the person that I believe that I would want to share the rest of my life with rather than waiting to meet someone that would change me into that person. I actually took that step forward in that same sort of time and and became very committed to like creating a life built for great love 
and then found my wife uh, shortly thereafter. So interesting. So you said that rather than waiting to find somebody that would change me into that person, I did that work ahead of time. What, what was that work? Because man, if somebody's watching this right now, they're thinking, oh my God, like I want to do that to make myself available to that person or at least useful when we find each other. Like, are there any sort of nuggets you can share around what you did? I just built a respectful, clean life. You know, that, that was, it's really when I started to like, you know, stop going out and even how I approached relationships. Like I stopped like, uh, every relationship was like, if I don't think I can uh, potentially marry you, I'm not going to invest the time or energy. I, I want to uh, begin to build a life that when someone shows up, that the track record of how I've been waiting and building this life from... Uh, you know, from just the way that I took care of myself to the way that someone would fit in it, the way that I would act, the things that I would do, the the hobbies that I would have. You know, I think I just uh, started first with like, if I was the perfect uh, boyfriend or husband, how would I be living? If I want uh, this type of uh, girl, what would she expect out of her mate or someone that she was to get together with? And I really just built my life backwards from that point to the dismay of everyone around me. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Before I ask my last question, yeah. where can these guys find you? Uh, look, man, you most likely you're going to find me on MTV on repeat. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, the, the, the core of my business, the Dirty Machine and all of uh, my ventures and all that stuff kind of live on there of, of sort of the epicenter of where they all lead out to. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Rob Dyrdek on all my social medias, where sometimes I'm active, sometimes I'm not. Uh, but really, uh, most likely, you're going to find me on repeat on like a Saturday afternoon at 11 on MTV. Nice. All right. What's the impact that you want to have on the world? Uh, you know, I, I, it's a pretty profound um, question to ask somebody, I think. You know, and I, I would hope... Uh, that when it's all said and done and one day I put all this thought into a, a system uh, that it would all ultimately uh, help create a pathway for people to learn to, to master themselves and, and build a life system that leads them to predictable happiness. You know, I, I think at the end of the day, um, creating some sort of uh, program or um, outlet to, to be able to achieve that would be what I would like to do long term. You know, amazing, awesome. Yeah, uh, thank you so much, much for coming on the show. All right, guys, I really, really hope that you were paying attention in that episode. One of the things that I find the absolute most fascinating about him is you can get lost in the mania of all the things that he's done from intentionally being attacked by a shark and a tiger to all the different businesses that he's built. It, it literally is staggering. But if you listen to what he's talking about, and especially listen to that part that he was just saying about what he would teach his kids, how to set those micro goals so that it's burning into them the sense of, I know what I want, I have clarity around that, and I know what I need to do, I have clarity around that, and then it's just about executing to get to that point. That is, to me, exactly what it takes to get the things that you want in life. You've got to have that clarity. And so that is, to sum him up, to sum this episode up, everything just revolves around that level of clarity, knowing exactly what you want, how to get it, and then making sure that you go after it and do it. All right, if you guys haven't already, be sure to get clarity in your own life. I thought I was going to say subscribe, but get clarity in your own life, motherfuckers, so you can go out and crush it. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Yeah.
everybody thank you so much for watching and being a part of this community if you haven't already be sure to subscribe you're going to get weekly videos on building a growth mindset cultivating grit and unlocking your full potential